Today's scripture comes from Luke 15, verses 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repeats than over ninety-nine righteous per persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, when she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Are stupid and coins can't talk. So why are we so prone to hearing a text like today's and associating ourselves with the lost sheep and the lost coin? I mean, there is no doubt it feels good to imagine ourselves lost and having our father's shepherd leaving the other sheep to seek us out. There is no doubt it feels good to imagine that we are of such great value that our mother homemaker turns over everything to find us. There is no doubt that it is amazing to think of ourselves as those who are so loved, so treasured, that a party would be thrown on our behalf once back in the fold, once back safely in the purse. There is also no doubt we, like sheep, are prone to wander. There is no doubt that we, like coins, sometimes have no way to help ourselves get back to where we belong. But today, instead of looking at these parables from the viewpoint of the lost, let's look at them from the viewpoint of the seekers. I think that by doing this, we are beginning to hear the fullness of what Jesus was saying that day to those who were there to hear it. Today's text tells us that once again, the Pharisees are grumbling about Jesus. This time it is about who he is not just spending time with, but he is welcoming into his presence. And when we read the text and see 
that those who offend the religious leaders are described as tax collectors and sinners, we probably aren't really getting the full picture. That sounds a little quaint, maybe, to us today. And it's not gritty enough for what the Pharisees and the scribes were laying their first century eyes on. We would do ourselves an interpretive favor if we were to imagine this story that what they were seeing was what we would consider unworthy people, unworthy of being in the presence of Jesus. But maybe that's not even appropriate enough because I hope that all of us who are gathered here this morning would say that there is no one that is unworthy of being in the presence of Jesus. So let me be more blunt. Who are those we consider unworthy of being in our homes, around our tables, in the company of our children? Dare I say it? Who do we consider unworthy to be in our church? Those who are not worthy of our help. I'd like to tell you three short tales of modern-day Pharisees, if you are not convicted by me alluding to us finding people not worthy. Once upon a time, there was a man who ran a ministry that served the food insecure. Because this man was viewed by those who came as a good Christian man who wanted to help his fellow men and women in need, a particular person who was struggling with issues beyond food insecurity came to him one day for help. The good Christian man's response to the one who came to him that day was this, get your life straight and then come back. Once upon a time, there was a woman who came to church every Sunday and loved it when there was a fellowship meal after the service. Because a church should be a place a person can come and sit at a table, a particular person who never came to worship showed up for the meal. The faithful parishioner's response to the one who came to the door for a meal that day was this, you need to have gone to worship in order to eat lunch with us. Once upon a time, there was an associate pastor who helped her husband with the Angel Tree Ministry each year. Now, because not all people who need this assistance can get to the church during the time frame that is set for gift pickup, and some are not even able to get their families on a list for help, a particular person arrived after the doors had already been locked and the pastor and her husband were in the car to go home. The pastor's response, seeing the person who showed up late at the door, they should have been here on time if they wanted their gifts today. I bet they're not even on the list. Side note, fortunately the pastor's husband is a much better person <laughs> than she is. These sorts of reactions though are not unlike the ones the Pharisees and the scribes were having that day. 
reactions to those that they considered to be unworthy people, people who needed to get their acts together, honestly, before even thinking about sitting with whoever this Jesus was. This man who was talking about their God and how their God saw all of these unworthy people. Wasn't he, by welcoming them, just condoning all of their sins by not telling them to get their lives straight? How is this holding people to a higher standard? Shouldn't they be challenged to be better people? If not, why in the world are we following all of these rules and regulations ourselves? That's what the Pharisees and scribes thought. Maybe. If they bothered to really think about why it was on their nerves that Jesus welcomed these people. This is what was going on before Jesus told these two parables. Yes, there were certainly tax collectors and sinners around him who got to hear these beautiful stories, promising them that they, despite what the religious leaders thought, were highly valued and greatly treasured. But don't forget those Pharisees and scribes. And notice how Jesus begins each of these parables. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, what woman, having ten coins, if she loses one of them? Jesus does not tee these stories up for the sheep and the coins, but for the shepherd and the homemaker. These are not stories for the lost, at least not exclusively. These are stories for those who seek and rejoice when the lost are found. Because it should not just be God who seeks for those who have wandered from the fold, even if it means that those who seek today are those who were lost yesterday and might indeed be lost again tomorrow. It should not just be God who rejoices when the coin hidden in a dark corner is found, even if that means that those who do the finding were not even aware that the purse was incomplete until that last one clinks into place. There is a fullness to God's grace a fullness that seeks the lost and rejoices when one is found. It is a grace for the lost, to be sure, to find the shepherd's arms lifting them up and carrying them home. It is a grace for those who seek as well, to sing with God and the angels when a new completeness is discovered, when one is added to the number. At the end of each of these parables, Jesus notes that there is joy when one sinner repents. I tell you again, sheep are stupid and coins can't talk. So who is doing the repenting here? Perhaps a Pharisee who was listening that day and heard a call to be a shepherd. And maybe, just maybe, the Pharisee inside each one of us, the Pharisee like in that ministry leader, that faithful parishioner, and an associate pastor, maybe that Pharisee is listening today and hears a call to be a homemaker, 
for the lost. May we all be shepherds and seekers, modeling the fullness of grace shown to us by God, taught to us by Jesus, and made real in our words and deeds by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we know that we indeed once were lost and consider ourselves, at least today, found. Lord, we want to join you in the joyous work of seeking and finding, of telling others the good news that makes our life different from before we knew it. Lord, help us to go in boldness and in bravery to go and find those in this world that may not look like us, that probably don't have their acts together, and who need your love. Lord, make us your shepherds, your good, good shepherds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.